Dirty Hooers. Cross-Atlantic nitpicking about Doctor Who. From four grown adults who should probably know better. From four grown adults who should probably be working. We're not afraid to say it like it is. All the word bollocks. www.dirtyhooers.com Follow us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers. If you like that kind of thing. Geronimo! Fantastic. L on C. Cock. With your hosts. Number one assistant, Terry Lightfoot. Oolong stutters stutters. Resident Pixie, Fuchsia Begonia. Lord President, Sam. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, we are back again. We are going to be reviewing Robot of Sherwood. Yes, it's third episode of Series 8. It is Series 8. No, now, yeah. Series 8, I had John Pertwee in it, that can't be right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it's Mark Gatiss uh, wrote it, obviously, Paul Murphy directed it. It's different from the normal sort of Doctor Who that we're kind of used to, I think. So let's go straight into stuff. If you haven't seen it, obviously we're going to be like spoiler central. Um, so go and go and watch it. It's probably still on iPlayer. <laughs> By the, time this, by the time this comes out here, yeah. we are actually, we've actually got four episodes in the can now, and we're getting around to edit the, editing them. We are getting there, and uh, but you know, life and shit and stuff, and we're like proper adults have sex and things, so we haven't got time. So what? Like, we do? <laughs> what? I mean, not what I do. I mean, <laughs> what is the sex you speak of? Well, tell me. First of all, there was a. Never mind. Okay, so Robert Sherwood, let's get some ratings out of the way. Somebody, the future, could you explain the rating system very quickly in a couple of sentences? It makes no sense. There you go, that's our rating system, perfect. I'll start and I'm going to give it, ah, that's a tricky one, you see. Ten with a tip, don't spit into the wind. Let me see if I recall this one. It's Robin Hood laughing a lot. Yeah, a ten. I would let my worst enemy stick his dick in this. This is a free oh. DJ all the way. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I knew this abominable pile of steaming shit. <laughs> I had to have a real think about this one, actually. But I was taking a leaf out of your book and comparing it to the others of this series and doing that, it has to be a flat 20. A 20? <laughs> mm. Compared to the others in this series so far, it has to be a flat 20, yeah. So far? This is going to be a good, good podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I say, Terry, that we just sort of sit out of it and those two, right, send. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fight! <laughs> then said God why said is it so bad I'm so disappointed in you Fuchsia I really am <laughs> I don't always agree with you but I was under the mistaken impression that you were a reasonably good judge of quality but <laughs> oh come on we've met the prof she's not that bad <laughs> inconsistent then apparently I mean speaking of a plot that made absolutely no sense oh yeah but fuck it that's not the po- oh yeah. go on go on, go on. <laughs> I'm just trying to put the way of wording it where I don't just make farting noises. Uh, 
<laughs> we all agree. Is there anybody here that disagrees that this made no fucking sense whatsoever? It didn't make any there sense. Is, no, it didn't. There make. is a reason why it doesn't make any sense. I'm going to throw a theory out there. Based on now having seen several episodes of Capaldi, this does not fit him at all in any way. No. This, this screams, and I honestly don't have any information. I haven't looked this up, but this screams to me like a script that was written badly for Smith. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I suspect so. Uh, yeah. yeah. And honestly, as much as I love Matt Smith, he had his fair share of weak episodes. This would have been a bad episode with Smith at the helm. This was embarrassing with Capaldi. Really? Just flat out embarrassing. This distinguished older gentleman playing a darker, somewhat sarcastic doctor, and it opens with him having a spoon fight. That was awesome. I thought it was very Sylvester McCoy. Yeah, just, and like Pertwee eating a sandwich while he sword fights. Yeah. Just didn't fit. But it was a Nothing comedy did. episode, surely. Mm-hmm. But Capaldi has been funny, and he's a different kind of funny. He's not a slapstick actor, and even, I mean, he's probably a good enough actor to be whatever the hell he wants to be, but that's not how his doctor's being written. The whole thing felt out of place. The one moment where there seemed like there would be some legitimate character development, where Clara spilled the beans on what the doctor is, happened off camera. Mm-hmm. It was like the only scene in the episode. That, and once again, okay, great. Muffet, if it's finally going to come to mean something two months from now, we will have all forgotten. It's not going to fucking matter at that point. <laughs> really? I mean, okay, so maybe that conversation ends up being significant and it gets mentioned again. But you can't do something in passing and then hope it pays off ten weeks later. I mean, I just didn't think there was anything worth watching. Uh... I almost didn't want to stay up. Excuse me a second, Sen. What the? Who the fuck is eating pop rocks? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Do you hear that? Oh yeah. Oh god, yes. It's we can loud. also hear it when you play with your keyboard and stuff. And oh, oh sorry. <laughs> I loathe this episode. In my opinion, this is one of the, if not the worst, since '05. No redeeming qualities for me whatsoever. Oh. Poorly acted, poorly written. Bad story. Dialogue sucked. I just like nothing about it. Jesus Christ, sputters. What? If I keep my mouth shut, I feel like my ears are going to explode. I'm pretty sure they told us in school. Do you not, you not have a cough kept... switch? Oh, yeah, sorry. I got somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I have much more to say besides just arguing at everyone who says nice stuff about it when it's your turn. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe it might be a good idea wait. if I go next then, and then, then we can have a little bit of a fight, and then, and then we can like, do sort of... I don't know. The one who's trying to blow his innards up have a bit of. Yeah. <laughs> if this stuff never stop. No. 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 <laughs> wow! If you swig whiskey around your mouth, it's the weirdest sensation. Yeah, God. that's not going to be good. That's awesome. I mean, I just yeah, what a pile of crap. Sorry, scented. I put you off. <laughs> yeah, that was terribly <laughs> rude. This episode put me off far more than your infantile antics while someone else is talking. I can't help but think that this is a comedy episode, and we have to give it some leeway for being us, but I do hear what you're saying about, no, I can't keep a straight face, fuck it. Confuse you, okay. (laughs) Right, well, let's get the reason why it doesn't make a great deal of sense out of the way first. That's because there was a couple of minutes cut from the fight scene at the end. Yes, there was. Well, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because basically they behead the sheriff, and because of events that take place in the 
news the week before that was deemed as inappropriate and insensitive, so they cut it. Yeah, but there was a lot more that didn't make sense other than that. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot more that didn't make yeah. sense, but that actually was the one thing that I really didn't like about the episode because if you'd have seen he was a robot, okay, the bit where the ship lands on him and the, they squish him and then they turn him into a robot, so he is one of theirs, it's kind of a bit weak, and to be quite honest, the story was a bit better without that bit, but it made the Doctor and Robin's actions seem really callous and cruel. The fact that they were laughing their heads off that they just pushed a human into a vat of molten gold to kill him and they thought this was the funniest thing ever. So it actually made the end of the episode much darker and much nastier than it had been if everybody had known he was a robot. So it, yeah, it's kind of that whole thing is a bit weird that yeah, I know the story didn't make any sense but there's several reasons why I liked this. One of the largest is actually the fact that it was nowhere near as bad as I was expecting it to be which is a terrible thing to say. Having been born and raised in Nottinghamshire for my sins, not too far from the Major Oak. You kind of get Robin Hood rammed down your throat from the moment you're born. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff about it. There's a lot of good films have been made about it. There's a lot of bloody awful films have been made about mm. it. Yes, it's, Kevin Costner, you yeah. can actually travel all the way from Dover to Nottinghamshire via Hadrian's Wall in a half a day. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's not go there. So I was expecting this to be utterly awful. I was quite expecting, as Sen did, to give this a free BJ. Mm -hmm. And it was a bit wobbly to start with, and yes, it was definitely, it felt like it was written for Smith rather than Capaldi. Yeah, yeah, but just on that point, don't you feel that... It did feel like it was written for Smith, but I also felt that, like, oh, this Doctor was very Matt Smith in this episode. He also had elements of Pertwee as well, though, with the yeah, sort of yeah, yeah, fishing yeah. and the fencing and, and things, so I could kind very of see... Right. We say things like that all the time. Why is it a bad thing if he's a bit Matt Smith, then? Yeah, because not really. It, for me, it didn't feel like he was a bit Matt Smith. It felt like it was written for someone else and poorly executed. There's did a you, difference. Did you just yeah, feel that it was the dungeon banter, really, that was very Matt Smith and the rest was kind of excusable? Oh, Actually, it was bench. it was the spoon fight that made me go. This is something Matt Smith would do. That was something McCoy really. Would. I thought it was yeah. I thought it was McCoy and Pertwee, and and that was like one of my favorite parts. I thought he did it so well. No, I wanted but to push him off the log and punch him as yeah, well. Pretty pretty much, yes. Yeah, Oh, no, I loved yeah, it. It, I loved it, it has to be said though that the beginning I wasn't sold on, but as the story went on, I I did sort of warm to it very much because the sad thing about it was as soon as Tom Riley, he wasn't doing a bad job yeah, actually, no. but. You know, because he was really Lord Flashhearting it out the wazoo. And it just made me sort of think, if Rick Mail had been 20 years younger and still about, he should have been playing that role rather than this laddie. And I hope that that was a genuine nod to Rick Mail, that he was playing it like Lord Flashheart. I don't think so. I mean, they were playing it quite over the top, but actually I thought he was quite Errol Flynny. Just, I don't know, maybe it was the maybe it was the moustache. It just made me really think of Blackadder. But <laughs> there was a particular joke that really sold it for me, having been raised in Nottinghamshire. So, but we'll get on to that in the quote section. Yeah, it didn't make a great deal of sense. It was a bit strange. Mm. It did give rise to a conspiracy theory. Oh, no. <laughs> Is it time are. for... Mitchell. Fuchsia Begonia. She's as bad as a tractor, but we're going to humour her. It's Fuchsia's Crazy Who Conspiracy Theory. <laughs> Yay! 
yeah, well, this bloody awful Missy plot thing, uh, right. which we know uh. is all going to be hideously disappointing. <laughs> it was quite interesting because me and the prof were having a bit of a chat after this episode and we were thinking about this. It's like, and what if the TARDIS has actually crashed through some barrier of reality and ended up in the land of fiction? Mm. Oh. So they are actually visiting fictional stories. So Missy is actually the mistress of the land of fiction. Mm. Is that it? Is that the best you've got? Yeah. Sort of. Well, it's going to be better than what it turns out to be. Well, based on material from this episode, she doesn't have much to go on, so... <sighs> so basically, like that Patrick Troughton story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I, um, okay. You know, I would have agreed with you if we would have done this a week ago. But after the stuff, oh, like anyone, like anyone doesn't know that we get together whenever we fucking feel like. People think the fucking Wheeler who is real. He's real. I make him stand in the corner of the room with the wheel and spin it for us. Well, he runs his finger up and down the DVDs. It's almost the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right. Well, moving on anyway. Are you you happy there, Fuchsia? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, I equate this episode to Robbie Williams. Basically, Robbie Williams is a bit of a git and a bit of a cock, and I'd really like to be able to fucking hate Robbie Williams, but I just can't because he keeps producing consistently good stuff, and it's entertaining, and... you know, he's Robbie Williams, he's a cheeky English little chappy and you can't help it. You think you want to hate Robbie Williams, but you can't. And this episode's the same. I want to hate this episode. I really, really do. What the fuck was that shit with the golden arrow at the end? I mean, Jesus oh, Christ on the bike. It was fucking dreadful. But it felt like a comedy who episode. And I don't even like comedy who episodes. I was going to say. I like my episodes dark and stuff. Well, it's only got, it's got fucking ten. Shit. <laughs> yeah. That's average. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. It was kind of average. You know, yeah. it was tennis yeah. meh and meh. Yeah. yeah, it was like, okay, it was passable. It was average. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we've seen that castle a few times and that was kind of bugging me. I couldn't work out where it was and it's Caffilly. Oh, it's Bodium. One of them was Bodium. One of the exteriors was, yeah. But the inside's definitely Caffilly because I've been there when I was mm. a kid uh, many, many, many times. And that's in Nightmare in Silver, I think. Let's never speak of that again. Yeah. <laughs> this was way worse. It was nice to hear a miniskirt mentioned and that did feel like, I wonder if he's for that because he's so quietly pertly obsessed. <laughs> It was nice to hear the miniskirt mentioned. Um, on the whole, to be honest, I've only watched this episode once. I couldn't really bring myself to watch it again. Not yet. Oh, really? No. Because oh, this is the first one that I wouldn't actually object to watching again of this yeah. series. Oh. Yeah. Mm. I tried to, but then halfway through, I sort of went, oh, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, and as because I've only watched it once, it all got a bit kind of blurred towards the end as to what the hell was going on and who was who and what was what. And, but mm. I did like the comments about mythos and how they were both sort of led. And it was almost a meeting of great British legends, wasn't it? Mm. I suppose. Mm-hmm. But I just couldn't get past the golden arrow thing. I uh, I kind of like the, the Ainley master. I mean, sheriff. Mm. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, something in my head said, oh, I wonder if he's going to challenge him to a duel and change at the end. Mm. Yeah, do a, you know, but That'd be funny. That would be cool, wouldn't it? But it was, you know, robot in disguise, and then he gets crushed, and then he doesn't, and then, oh, so about? I don't really. On a first pass, I was like, mm, kids aren't going to get this. Well, maybe they will. Maybe kids were actually watching, and I dozed a bit by the Oh, that's an interesting point, because we were talking to someone who has young kids who hasn't been too sure about letting them watch this series because of a certain cruel streak in the Doctor's nature, and apparently they were laughing their little 
socks off at this. They thought it was incredibly funny yeah. and they really enjoyed it. Yeah, the banter yeah. was good, but mm-hmm. exactly what Sen said, this is banter. This is Matt Smith dialogue. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this yep. doctor can banter, but this doctor's quite, in, in the same way that kind of, you know, the old, we consider a trade, even though we only got one episode, we consider a trademark of, of McGann's doctor to be that he name drops all the time. This doctor <laughs> seems to get things confused about Clara, oh, you put on weight, oh, you're not wearing makeup, or all this sort yep. of stuff. But I can't get past the fact that that's also Strax dialogue, um, which I loathe. Uh, it comes well out of the Doctor. Oh, no, don't ruin it for me, because I like that part of the Doctor, and I don't want to think about Strax. Yeah, I do, but it's very Strax, isn't it? It's Strax dialogue. Oh, now that you've said that? Well, I said it because it's true. Ugh, shut up. As if I'd lie to you, Terence. So, yeah, I do feel a little bit meh about it, but I bet the next time I watch it, I come off and say it's a five. I probably would, but do you know what? I can't honestly see myself ever watching this episode again, which for a Gatiss, because I think he's been consistently awesome for a very long time. That's a tiny little bit disappointing. Probably the first episode of the new series that I finished only because it said Doctor Who at the beginning. Had this been any other TV show, I would have walked away 20 minutes in. Mm, yeah, yeah, you got a point. Yeah. <laughs> you got... I mean, the major problem is he's not Michael Prade, Tom Riley. Bless him. He was trying hard, but he isn't Michael Prade. Which one's mm. Tom Riley? Very few people are. Robin. He was Robin Hood. Oh. May I go? Um, yeah, I don't see why not. Um, just a quick nod, though. I did think Ben Miller was quite nice. I thought he was a nice bit of casting as a sheriff. Yeah, Ben Miller was great. Yeah, but yeah. he really was nah. very good. And he would make an awesome master. Oh, yeah, he'd be all right. Yeah. Nah, that's bad people to play master. Fantastic, <laughs> except he looks so much like Ainley, it's kind of yeah. bizarre. Yeah, that's uh, what I thought. You know, the sword fight, and then he just changes at the ending. Ha ha, I'm wearing a comedy doodah. <laughs> you know, I remember, I remember that still. You know, the one where he does that, which is King's Demons, isn't it? I remember as a kid going, like oh my God, I didn't notice that. I, d- I didn't notice it. it was him dressed up until he did that and it blew me away as a kid it was awesome <laughs> i wonder how kids feel about this one i don't know it certainly wasn't a scary one though it's a nice one that you can let your eight-year-old watch and there's a few in the series that you can so yay speaking of eight-year-olds go for it terry <laughs> <laughs> certainly i think that this would be great for kids and i expect that kind of episode every once in a while there has to be some more kid-friendly like really kid-friendly episodes there always are and then the adults are like irritated like we are but there has to be and I thought it was really well done. I mean, I was pretty entertained. I, I wouldn't kill myself to see it again. Uh, like I said, I tried <laughs> to watch it again <laughs> just so I'd be familiar with the podcast and I couldn't. I was like, fuck it. I thought it was really fun. I had a lot of fun. I was laughing. I loved the banter. I loved the doctor being so irritated by the popularity. Mm. I, like <laughs> I like the way they switched that round as well because, you know, there's a bit where Clara says, the doctor's right. You're too fucking happy. Why are you so sad? I like the way they switched uh, that around. Yeah, that was good. And he was just getting so irritated. I, I really enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed the fact that at the end, he's so full of himself, but then they come and they take Clara. <laughs> She really knows what's going on. It pissed me off that they wrote it so poorly that they couldn't think of a better way of getting them out of the dungeon except just writing about the blacksmith or something. A blacksmith? Really? I thought what? that was okay because there was no how, reason. How do, they go, how do they find a blacksmith in the middle of a castle without anyone noticing that they're walking around chained together? Oh, my God. You so come from a place that doesn't have castles, don't you? <laughs> oh. 
Fucking hell. Oh, all the colonial sweet. Oh, please. <laughs> it's idiotic. It's idiotic. And it's idiotic that they like mention that in hindsight. Like, I mean, later. Okay. You know, sort of, I can see just... a castle from my window here. I shit you not. And the foundations of my house used to be the blacksmith. Just saying. So pretty far away from the castle then, right? I no. mean, <laughs> fuck no. that shit. You're so full of it. God. And... <laughs> <laughs> You've been to you've been to <laughs> nice the pub. Try. You've been nice to the pub try, where Dick Turpin used to keep his horse. Because yeah. this Dick is the Turpin's main York not Road. Real. <laughs> main York Road between London and York. They used to stable Black Bess under okay. our house. That's England for you. Yeah, that wasn't under your house. On the foundations of it, it used to be the stables. Be down the street. Okay. So and then the Golden Arrow. That was just oh. it, it, absolutely insulting. I didn't have that much trouble with uh, what was supposedly a beheading scene. I didn't even notice that you know because it wasn't there that's the whole point well i didn't notice that there was a gap there so i mean you mentioned it like it was a big problem with the story i didn't really even feel it yeah as much as it pains me to agree with terry about anything i do i didn't notice it either in fact i thought it was beautifully because i knew that they changed the end i thought Mm. it was pretty fucking seamless actually considering it was before yeah they did a good job of cutting it together but it does alter the ending in the fact that like you said it just makes it really really nasty they're laughing about the fact they just melted a man to death are you saying that as well you didn't notice it i did not notice it but you know what i didn't freaking care that the bad guy fell into the cold (laughs) i was i had no compassion for him whatsoever so i was all right with everybody laughing about it which is terrible. I guess that makes me a really bad human. Oh. Yes. He was kind of a robot, so whatever. Yeah, but you didn't know that. I know, but he was evil, Fuchsia. I'd stop <laughs> caring by then, to be honest. I'd sort of glazed over and just want to... I mean, uh-huh. it's Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... I, I had a good time with it. It was fun. Did you? Did you? Yeah. It was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was hard. totally fun. But it was sort of like you know one of those Douglas Adam influence. Oh God, no! Don't silliness. Dare compare this to anything okay. Douglas. So, <laughs> right. I'm not so saying have... authored, but influenced. This is why I want the superpower to be able to slap people over Skype. <laughs> okay, let me explain <sighs> how fun this was. I have an analogy for you. Okay, it's it's a little lengthy, but I think you'll get the gist. I grew up on a quarter horse farm on a hill, very, very steep hill in central Wisconsin. And I go out with some friends and sled down the hill in the pasture every winter to like 40 miles an hour at the bottom of the hill. It was awesome. And the only thing that saved your ass from getting killed at the bottom of the hill was to grab onto a pile of frozen horse shit that was sticking up through the ice. Mm-hmm. But, but so bloody cold in Wisconsin that, I mean, it was just a brick. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. Until every once in a while, you realize that you've just grabbed a fresh one as you go down. Oh. And okay. That's very much how I felt. And that's not going to stop you, is it? That's not going to stop you. No, I tuned into Doctor Who the You're next week. real hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, yeah, it should have been a fun ride. It should have been good. And I ended up with it all in between my fingers. Oh. <laughs> with a with a, with a rapidly closer. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So a steaming pile. Yes. And in those temperatures, it literally does steam. Yes. <laughs> there was one thing about the Golden Arrow you just reminded me. Yeah, it was a bit silly. The whole Golden Arrow thing is integral to the Robin Hood legend. But I did like the fact that he it, used it, it to push them out of the atmosphere so they blew up out of the atmosphere and everybody else is thinking, oh, he's doing it to help them get home. No, yeah. <laughs> it's really not. Yeah. Uh, no, I fucking hate the Golden Arrow thing. No, I really couldn't. Why? Just why? Sometimes even Doctor Who, I have a great suspension of disbelief when it comes to physics and science and Doctor Who, but sometimes... Wow. Yeah, that was shameful. Absolutely shameful. 
I did like his remote control arrow thing, though. That was that, nice. How did you do that? <laughs> that was really oh, funny. I just, I just rigged the arrow. <laughs> Which is bullshit, because we know the doctor's a crack shot. Yeah. Why did they put that line in? Doubt, doubting the bird. Yeah, agreed, Sam. I'm, I'm not sure that's canon. No, because he sucks at everything else he does, so that makes perfect sense. Really? <laughs> what human skill has the doctor not completely mastered in all of the centuries he's spent on Earth? Empathy. Empathy. <laughs> oh, I think he learned how to not be empathetic very well from us. <laughs> Steaming pile of shit. <laughs> All right. Oh. Okay. Steaming pile of shit on a cold day. Terry, you have my love. Oh, yes, I'm done. Okay, you're done, but you're not happy, Freddie. Nicely put. Okay, so. I want to be able to round this up in some way, but do you know what? I was all very positive about this because I fucking hate, I hated the first half of it so much. And then it sort of turned it around and the miss, I spoke to the missus and she went, oh, that was really fun. That was really nice. Oh, and you don't want to turn around to your wife and say, you know, nothing, Jon Snow. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you for doing that quote. Beautiful. I just watched that episode three days ago, by the way. Oh, cool. Lucky you. Game of Thrones, yeah. Um, I saw him on a train fairly recently, Jon Snow, and I was desperate because he was being really gobby. He was talking, he'd been to the Queen's, Ooh. he'd been to a ball at the Queen's barbecue or something, and he was being really gobby on the train. I happened to be in first class, and I just wanted to go up to him and say, can I take a selfie with you, please? Just so I could make the face of like, you know nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs> Next to him, well, I took a selfie, but I bottled it. <laughs> so who plays Jon Snow in I don't watch it I can't be asked. I think he dates Jenna Coleman no way really yeah. or are you two yeah no, but, uh, have you noticed Jenna's getting like more made up and stuff yeah she, yes. yeah we were just discussing this the fact she's almost at Billy Piper levels of slap now yeah, yeah not that bad she's still stylish I mean please well, well I quite liked her for being a little bit homely that and the fact they're characters from Lancashire which is like the most awesome thing ever because Lancashire never gets any screen time and I happen to be from Lancashire she's from Blackpool isn't she mm-hmm. she's from Blackpool great stuff that's just grand <laughs> brilliant That's I love that I love that because like seriously Yorkshire gets all the screen time in England Yorkshire, Yorkshire 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 fucking James Yorkshire yeah all creatures great and small all fucking fuckers fucked yes absolutely <laughs> um, we digress right should we get some quotes <laughs> before you start the War of the Roses again. Yeah, well, hey, don't fucking... Don't get down. That's, we'd have been fine, except a bunch of soft southern bastards routed. That's what, <laughs> that was the problem with the War of the Roses. Anyway, we shagged our way out of it. Moving on. So I'm going to go with, as a quote, I like the bit where she goes, Clara's actually doing a bit of banter backwards and forwards and Robin's in on it as well. And she goes, Robin, your plan. I am biding my time. Thank you. <laughs> of Thebes last of the time lords and I just love the way she does that thank you oh, yeah. of Thebes last of the time lords and he says yes I have a plan can you explain your plan without using the Fred's sonic screwdriver I forgot the sheriff Nottingham has taken your screwdriver just saying it's always the screwdriver <laughs> that was really good that was great I hope that that's a sign that at some point they're going to get rid of that fucking thing because I'm so tired of the magic wand thank you. it doesn't feel like he's using it he's not got it out and he's always fiddling with it and tossing it around and really, it doesn't feel that so irritating <laughs> He's next. Trust up like turkey cocks. Just a turkey cocks. <laughs> if you knew Nottingham, you would appreciate a cock on a stick. Am I right, Fuchsia? You go to the Goose Fair, there's this, there's this big famous fair in Nottingham called the Goose Fair, and all the different mobile fairgrounds, all the gypsy fairs and stuff like that from all over England congregate, bring all their rides and everything to Nottingham once a year. And you get some of the really old stuff, some really cool stuff, like I saw a freak show. It was all um, preserved exhibits and you know crazy old shit that they had for years, like dead bodies. It's kept in arsenic and all this sort of shit. Crazy, crazy shit. And you pay a quid to go and you feel utterly ass-raped by the time you come out, you know. <laughs> but, 
But one of the big draws about this place is you go there for a cock on a stick, which is a cockerel like a toffee apple on a stick. Cock on a stick. Let's move on. <laughs> oh, God. I, uh, my life is so much richer for knowing that. I need to say that. It's our, it's our charm. <sighs> I'll buy anything British. Go on. I've got kind of got two. There's one that I was going to do, and then there's one flicking through this quotes page that I found that's actually quite profound. Mm-hmm. And then there's the silly one. So the profound one is Robin's talking to the doctor. So is it true, doctor? And the doctor says, is what true? And Robin replies that in the future I'm forgotten as a real man, I am but a legend. Mm-hmm. And the doctor says, yes, I'm afraid it is. Hmm, good. History's a burden. Stories can make us fly. Mm-hmm. So that was actually quite nice. I like that little bit at the end. Mm-hmm. The one that warmed me to the episode and the reason why I did take a shot into it in the end was when Clara's bantering with the sheriff and he's going you know and then I'm going to take Nottingham yeah and where next oh Derby <laughs> yeah oh. and after that Lincoln and we were oh, like we were giggling by this point and this is what where next workshop and I fell off the sofa laughing yeah, <laughs> I heard that I was laughing so hard when he said Derby <laughs> if God were going to give the world an enema that's where he'd put the tube isn't it really <laughs> I live in Derbyshire, for the sake of continuity here. I live in Derbyshire, and Derbyshire is the most beautiful county. Even compared to Nottingham, it's gorgeous. We have rolling hills and almost mountains, gorgeous scenery. But Derby itself is shit. Hmm. Hmm. Well, shit let's just put it this way about Nottinghamshire. <laughs> I was born there by accident. <laughs> And I got the hell out as soon as possible. Not- there is a reason I live in Northumberland. <laughs> Nottingham itself is a city, though. I work in Nottingham every day. Yeah. And Nottingham as a city is fantastic. Okay, basically, this is how cool Nottingham is. I know Robin Hood. I literally know Robin Hood to go, all right, Robin. And I'll go, all right. And he'll look at my dog and go, I am Molly. And we probably do that once a week. Robin Hood dresses like Robin Hood all the time. And he's quite he's quite kind of skanky. Yeah, he, he kind of looks like a bit of a beggar, but he's not. He does a lot of the street tours and stuff, but he's got long hair. He, he looks like he hasn't washed for years, but he's a really sound bloke. He's travelled all over the world being Robin Hood. We have a Robin Hood. He doesn't rob from the rich and give to the poor, otherwise I'd be a lot better off than I am. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's how big a deal it is in Nottingham. We still have Robin Hood and we have the Major Oak and all that kind of shit. Mm. Terry, got a quote? Ah, oh, Robin and the Doctor bantering away. Robin, if you hadn't betrayed me, I would have been triumphant. You would have been a little puff of smoke and ashes. Oh, ha! <laughs> and then the Doctor says, you would have been floating around in tiny little laughing bits in people's goblets. <laughs> <laughs> no, you see, that doesn't feel like... That feels more of a Capaldi line, because it's quite... Yes, see? Yeah. Mm. It's, it's funny, because he's being really mean in the banter. He's just being totally opposite to the happy-go-lucky Robin, and I like that. I don't think Matt Smith would have been so harsh. He would have been as acerbic now. I'm not, no. I, I really liked Matt Smith as a doctor. He was great, especially after, you know, this skinny little sprout-faced bastard who was stood his work. <laughs> Who's my second least favourite doctor, I've got to be honest. But I've forgotten what I was going to say. <laughs> got carried away with the Fuck hatred, it. right? No, no, I did. I did. I burnt myself out. Oh. You're ready to wrap up this yeah. soft, steaming pile of horseshit. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah fuck it. Fun. Right. Um, big thank you to everybody who follows us on Facebook and Twitter and all that sort of stuff. Hello, Chris. Thank you for the marvellous work. Big thanks to St. Extiver, who's working those pages. God love him and doing a sterling job. It's about time we got him on. Should we get him on? Yes. I think we should yes. get him on. Yes. We should get him on, shouldn't we? Because he's a decent yes. chap. Um, he's doing a great job, too. All right, we'll get him on for an episode soon. It won't be this episode, obviously, because we just finished it. And it won't be the next episode, because, <laughs> frankly, we're going to do that next, tonight. Because we're that <laughs> but we're pretty bad now, so this is going to be great. Stan and I at least have been drinking, and I've got a bit more whiskey to go, so awesome sauce. Can we have a break so I can go for Oh, no, I better say goodbye. Right. Goodbye, I'm off for a piss. <laughs>
Wonderful. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Still a bit. Sorry you had to hear that. <laughs> and in summary, it's now Robin and Marion, but at least it wasn't men in tights. Yeah. <sighs> You've been listening to the Dirty Hooers Doctor Who podcast. Follow us on iTunes or at DirtyHooers.com. Find us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers. See you next time. Fuck it. <laughs> Well, what the fuck was that? We were <laughs> pathetic for that one, weren't we? Yeah. Do you know what? Well, it's a mistake to let Sam go first because as soon as he went first, uh-huh. oh fuck he, it, he's right. He dashes our hopes to the ground with his valid <laughs> points, and it's not good. <laughs>